the Earth. My co-host is always Blake Pace, here to talk to you about another week in the NFL. We took a bit of a two-week hiatus, but we're back now and ready to talk some draft action and uh, just check up on, on the football. How are you doing, Blake? I'm good, yeah. It was kind of funny. We spent all this time you know, prepping for the NFL draft, and as soon as it happens, I guess we just needed a, a little break away from... Uh, from football but you know excited to be back and ready you know to talk some stuff about the nfl draft and as we look forward towards uh, the next nfl season uh, yes sir and uh, what episode is this now like 30 31 you know a two-week break and i completely forgot that i do that i think we're on 32 right now actually 32 so yeah let me pull this up wow you know you have caught me completely off guard i have completely forgotten that this was even a segment that we did um let me see. Oh, are we on 31 now? Uh, I believe we are. All right. Yeah, I screwed that up. But yeah, yeah. Any 31s for me? Yeah, I went and uh, remind you about it, and then I have no idea any 31s, I'll be honest. Yeah, great. Yeah, I completely forgot about this, too. I'm glad that you didn't have any 31s. I got the list up here. Is there anything you can give me? See, when you say it like that, it makes me feel bad. <laughs> I mean, I mean, there are some good ones, especially that you know are know still around. I know there are some good ones. Wait, no, we're definitely on thirty-two. Thirty-two? Aren't we? Because I feel I feel like last time we talked, Cam Chancellor, Kevin Bayard, uh, Marcus Cooper. Yeah, we're on thirty-two now. Okay. Okay. All right. So now, 32. now I got to pull up the list of thirty-twos, and you know that's a good list too. Any thirty-twos you can give me? <laughs> Numbers are just never never been a thing for me. Good, good, awesome. Love to hear it. All right, so uh, let's see. How can I uh, – good defensive back, you know, stud defensive back was with the Chargers for a while but is now with the Baltimore Ravens. Eric Weddle. Yep, Eric Weddle. Um, let me see. Uh, this person just found a new home, uh, defensive back that now plays for the Texans. Tyron Matthew? Yep, Tyron Matthew. Um, hmm. Alabama running back that plays in Miami. Mm, is that Kenyon Drake? Yep, Kenyon Drake. Uh, one of your rookie running backs. One of my rookie running backs. Oh, Darius Geis? No, uh, from last, last season. Year. I was about to say, oh, somebody was at Perrine. I didn't know yep. if Geis taking 32 or not. <laughs> yep, uh, Perrine's got 32. Um, you know, the rest of the list, I mean, Devin McCourty as well. Uh, Jaquiz Rogers, Spencer Ware, Tavon Wilson, TJ Green with the Colts. Very disappointing defensive back. Um, some fullback talk. Andy Jankovic. Um, you know, uh, DeAndre Hall, but not the DeAndre Hall I'm thinking of. That's a cornerback for the Chicago Bears. Um, Chris Carson, Rajul Douglas, Troy Hill, and Justin Burris. Um, and then, let's see, some all-time greats. Marcus Allen, Edron James, Franco Harris, uh, Ricky Waters, Jim Brown, OJ Simpson, uh, Maurice Jones, Drew, Otis Anderson. Yeah, there's some good ones. There's some good running backs in that all-time list. Uh, definitely, definitely, uh, some great backs. So that was a little shaky, but uh, now now we've got all now we've got everything worked out. We're ready to get some topics, yeah, aren't man. we? I think we're ready. All right, we right, go cool. with the first one. So I know you've been talking about it for two weeks, but who had the best draft overall? I'll let you start with this one. You know, I'd love to say that my um, Indianapolis Colts did. Um, I was a big fan of all their picks. I think you got one of the top players in the draft with um, with Quentin Nelson at guard. You know, you follow back up right after with, you know, another top three, top four guard in the draft. Um, you bring in a few uh, running backs late. 
Um, I liked what the Colts did as a fan's perspective throughout. Um, but then I, you know, you got to look at some of the teams that got their quarterbacks um, for the future. And I think that really shows, you know, that's how you win a draft is if you get your franchise quarterback, you know, that's got to be a win. There are two teams specifically, um, the Buffalo Bills and the Arizona Cardinals. You know, I love that they went out and got my two favorite quarterbacks in this draft. Um, Josh, I think the Bills even, you know, in their first round had an amazing draft, uh, you know, trading back up to get my favorite linebacker, you know, a top 10 pick that I think fell a little in Tremaine Edmonds. Um, Josh Allen, my favorite quarterback, getting him as well. I have to think that the Bills were the biggest winner for me in the first round. And then the Arizona Cardinals, you know, it, it came out that they didn't really want Josh Rosen as their number one quarterback, but ended up, you know, getting him anyways after missing out on Josh Allen. Uh, you know, the Arizona Cardinals, they got what could be one of the best, the, the best quarterback from this draft class, you know, if you're looking five years down the road. Um, I, so, you know, those two teams, um, I liked Baltimore's draft. I think, you know, offense heavy, you know, getting, you know, Joe Flacco, some tight ends right now, but also getting your quarterback for the future in Lamar Jackson. Um, you know, it, it's tough to say, you know, right away who are the winners of a draft, but if you get your franchise quarterback and I thought those three teams did, um, they got to be my three biggest winners. I got you. I mean, uh, I'm going to go a different route, but I, I understand getting the quarterback such a big part. But uh, I'm going to go with the New York Giants having the best draft, in my opinion. I oh, yeah. I out there and get Saquon Barkley for their first pick. I mean, he's probably, if not the most talented, one of the most talented players in this draft. Uh, Will Hernandez in the second round, offensive guard, he fell that far. I thought he might have been a first-round selection, but he fell to them, and that's really going to help him because the Giants' offensive line was terrible, obviously, last year. Lorenzo Carter, the linebacker, I think he could be a starter day one. And then they mm -hmm. got Kyle Loletta late in the draft, and me and you both liked Kyle Loletta as a kind yeah. of a sneaky uh, late-round pick. And I mean, coming out of Richmond, a smaller school, a lot of guys kind of overlook these guys. But, hey, if they sit him down and he learns behind Eli Manning for a couple years, who knows? He could take over for him. So I think the Giants, they did the best in getting players for now, like Saquon Barkley, who will definitely help him next year, and maybe give Eli more and more year of relevance as he can hand it off to him and then throw to Odell every down. And then they, it, and they helped for the future with Kyle Loletta. Exactly. Yeah, that's I mean, that's a perfect situation. You got a team, you've got a roster that is in a win now scenario. You know, the Giants, you know, ended up with the second pick, but I think they have one of the better rosters and a really nice coaching staff in football. And I think that, you know, they did get, you know, like you said, those picks that can help them, you know, push them into the playoffs for now. You know, Saquon Barkley, you know, you essentially look at the Giants. You're playing um, 11 on 9 for defenses because, you know, you, you take one guy, you have to stick him on Odell all game. You take one guy, you got to stick him on um, Saquon Barkley. But they have that advantage that it doesn't even matter. So, you know, the Giants are playing with one of the most, you know, you know captivating offenses in football. And then you're right. You know, they go the later rounds. They get those guys that, hey, you know, in a few years, these could be our starters. These, this could be the future of our organization. Definitely like what the Giants did. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, I, I have to say, too, I had to mention the Redskins, too. I mean, like, it's funny. I looked at um, a couple of people ranking drafts and everything, and they actually had the Redskins and Colts towards the bottom when I thought they were two of the better Ooh. drafts. And dra they did. They did. They had Weird. Some, they had them towards the bottom, and I really liked the Redskins draft, especially the first couple picks. I mean, getting uh, uh, Payne to help on the line immediately. I mean, our, our run stuffing was terrible last year, and he's a great person to plug and play right there. Along mm -hmm. with Jonathan Allen, I mean, our line becomes a strength all of a sudden. And then adding Tim Settle late out of Virginia Tech, he's been compared to Don Terry Poe, a guy like that who, once again, can help us with the run. And then we got Darius Geis in the second round, which I think is going to be an absolute steal. I mean, a lot of guys had him as maybe the second, third most talented back in this draft. And because of off-field issues uh, or attitude problems, uh, he fell to us. And I was really excited to get him. I think he's 
got a, a workhorse mentality, and he'll be the first all-round back we've had in years since maybe Clinton Portis. So I'm really excited about our draft. Yeah, definitely. And and like you said, you know, I wasn't necessarily the highest on Darius guys coming out of the draft. I think um, in my draft book, I ended up having him ranked around fifth or sixth out of this running back class. But that was only just because I hadn't seen him play healthy football in a while. And if he can get to that 100% healthy, he very could be, you know, very well could be the second most talented running back out of this group behind um, Saquon Barkley. You got to be right. The Redskins did nail that draft. And I, I you know, I like Deron Payne in the first round as well. Um, yeah, all around, you know, it was a solid draft for a Redskins team that, you know, years before for me had shown, you know, they got a little, um, they don't draft necessarily well. <laughs> oh, well, okay, okay, all right, I got you, whatever you're saying. <laughs> no, you, you, I was impressed, I was impressed. All right, good, good, good. All right, I think we'll go on to the next topic, which is who had the worst draft? I'll let you start with this one again. Yeah, um... You know, worst drafts, you know, I'm also looking at the quarterbacks and, you know, there are two quarterbacks taken in the top three picks that I think are just, you know, being set up for failure necessarily. And, you know, that you got to look at number one overall, um, the Cleveland Browns. I was not a fan of their draft. Um, and we'll speak a little bit on that later, but I think, you know, you, you try and get your franchise quarterback, but Baker Mayfield is going to walk in day one and he's not going to be as good as Tyrod Taylor. You know, you know, you're going to walk into training camp and it's going to be like, well, Tyrod's faster. He throws better on the run. He's more athletic. You know, why did we draft this guy number one overall if we've got, you know, a better quarterback right now in Tyrod Taylor, who, you know, has NFL experience as well. And then, you know, you look at the Jets and the Jets, you know, getting Sam Darnold is a guy that I think is a project. I think you need to, you know, work on his, you know, um, his vision. You need to work on him understanding, you know, NFL concepts. Um, I'm a little scared for just his, you know, he seems to be better outside of the pocket than he is inside of the pocket. Um, and I think when you put him in a locker room that has not only, you know, they've, they've got an aging guy that can, you know, and Josh McCown that's had some, you know, success in the NFL that can help him, but you're putting him up against another quarterback in Teddy Bridgewater that is just essentially, you know, another guy fighting for his career. You've got a former first round pick who, you know, was cast away from Minnesota because they wanted to bring in Kirk Cousins. And now you've got, you know, Teddy Bridgewater wants to revitalize his career with the Jets. And now he's going to fight with um, with Sam Darnold. And that's just going to create a mess. It kind of reminds me like when you had Mark Sanchez on the Jets and then you bring in Tim Tebow. And, you know, Mark Sanchez has just got to look over his shoulder all the time because, man, there's this Tim Tebow guy coming for my job. I just think that those two teams, specifically with their quarterbacks, did a poor job in the draft um, because they've set up their quarterbacks for failure. And then one final team that I don't think drafted well at, at all, and specifically in the first round, uh, the New England Patriots. Um, mm. You know, I, I didn't, I you know, and it's been a few years now where I've just noticed through the drafts that I don't think Bill Belichick is good at drafting. Uh, you, I think I saw something um, in 2013, I think all, all of Bill Belichick's picks in that draft are no longer on the roster. Um, and I, I just, I think that Bill gets the best out of his players. Um, but I don't think he does a good job at bringing them in. And I wasn't keen on, you know, Sony Michelle, I think he's the second best running back in this class, but I'm, you know, a little worried about him being, you know, getting him in the first round. I understand, you know, you want a running back, but Bill Belichick has never, you know, wasted a pick, you know, on a guy like that, where I think they have several other holes. I think their offense could do fine with the running backs they currently have. 
where I think, you know, their defense, they essentially need every position there. They could have used offensive line help. Um, you know, they might have even, you know, been able to take, you know, a quarterback for the future. Instead, they go out and get a running back, and that doesn't seem to be what Bill has done throughout his career. So I'm just kind of, you know, it, it was just, you know, a shaky draft for me if I'm a New England fan because I look and I see, man, my defense was pretty bad all season. And, man, you know, the offensive line was a really banged up. And, you know, we spent a first-round pick on Sony Michelle when, you know, we have plenty of running backs in the locker room already. Yeah, I understand. I mean, I guess uh, going after the Patriots, um, it's hard to do because they just keep winning. But yeah, exactly. If you look at it, yeah, if you look at it, maybe the drafts they really haven't been that great over the past couple of years. Mm-hmm. But I'm gonna go. With, I mean, I, I like to point it out and everything. And I was uh, New England and uh, the Browns. I mean, it could go either way. The Jets always seem to screw up. But uh, I, I didn't really like the Steelers draft this year. I'll be honest. I thought Troy Edmonds. Yeah. Was, I thought he was a stretch, a major stretch uh, in the first round. Safety out of Virginia Tech, and then. Later, they took Mason Rudolph, who you and I both said we didn't really like as a quarterback, and he's already seemed to be causing problems in Pittsburgh, even though he hasn't even got there yet, because Big Ben's, mm-hmm. which I think is ridiculous on Big Ben's part, but it is causing controversy already. Yeah. And it's just, it, the Steelers really worry me. They really worry me. I feel less confident about the Steelers after the draft than I did before. I will say James Washington could be a stud. I thought he was a decent pick wide receiver, but I don't know. I feel like the Steelers... Uh, and then the next couple years could just completely fall apart because they haven't been able to win the big game. Le'Veon Bell is most likely to walk, I feel like, after this season unless they want to sign him for too much money. And then mm-hmm. uh, they still have Antonio Brown there, but I, I don't I don't see the defense developing enough to carry him after um, Big Ben retires. So I, I don't like the Steelers right now, and this draft didn't really help them, in my opinion. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. And I honestly, I even forgot my least fate. Like, I wouldn't... I think this was a really bad draft for the Oakland Raiders and, you know, possibly they have had the worst offseason in all of football, Um, you know, and, you know, bringing John Gruden in, it seems like he's just trying to build a team that's built to succeed in 2005, but that's not the case anymore. You know, taking Colton Miller um, at 15th overall, I thought he was an end of the first round, early second round talent. Um, getting a defensive tackle, uh, from Sam Houston state, um, actually got to watch him, uh, play against, uh, James Madison, um, but you know, there was just seemed to be a bunch of reaches, Brandon Parker in the third round. Um, you know, I, I liked the Arden key pick. I will say that was one selection. I thought, you know, a guy that fell that has high potential. Um, but then also taking Maurice Hurst, um, in the fifth round. And I understand, you know, that could be, you know, the steal of the draft if he can play football, but I don't know if he's going to step out there on a football field, um, because of his heart conditions. So, um, I guess this is just a combined, like my least favorite off season for a team, but I was not really proud of what Reggie McKenzie and John Gruden did in the 2018 draft. Yeah, I understand that. Yeah, John Gruden, I mean, I had my questions as him being a coach, and everybody was super excited, but I, I just, he's been out of the NFL for a while, and even when he was a coach, I know he had some success, but he and he also had just as much bad seasons as he did good seasons, so uh, it's going to be interesting in Oakland. I mean, maybe we'll, in a couple uh, months, we'll be like, oh, well, I guess he knew what he was doing the whole time. Or we could be mm-hmm. saying, yeah, he really should have never been brought back, especially for the amount of money that is paid for a head coach. Yeah, so. definitely. All right, we'll go on to our next subject, and this is a good one. The Browns, did they do well with their picks? I mean, the Browns had two first-rounders, two second-rounders, uh, very high up. They had all the potential in the world to get the best players in the draft. Did they, Blake? No, I can't say that they did. Um and, it, you know, it starts off with, you know, 
taking um, Baker Mayfield at number one, and I think that's an overwhelming pick, underwhelming pick. I think that if you took Josh Allen or Josh Rosen, they go into that locker room day one, and you're like, oh, okay, I understand why we took this guy number one overall. He's better than Tyrod Taylor. Um, let's let's you know let's ride with this new franchise quarterback. But instead, you've got a guy who is undersized, um, not as athletic as Tyrod. And I think that they just, you know, screwed up. I think they could have gotten Baker Mayfield at pick number four. I think they could have, you know, it, it, I think there's a situation if if the Jets have been connected to Sam Darnold for well over a year and we've known that, you know, they, you know, the, the tank was on for the Jets last year so that they could get um, Sam Darnold. But then um, you, you, you sacrifice, you, you don't, you don't think that the, that Baker will be available at four. You could have walked away with Saquon Barkley at number one and Baker Mayfield at four, and then you would have had your, you know, your quarterback running back duo, a dynamic combination for, you know, the next decade. And then you go number four, and you take Denzel Ward. And I'm not saying that I don't think Denzel Ward is that good, but I think that there was just so many better players available left. If you wanted to bolster the offensive line with Quentin Nelson, go do that. If you wanted to, you know, get yourself one of the youngest, best pass rushing duos in all of football, then you take, um... Oh, what's his name? Chubb. Why can't I think? Bradley yeah, Chubb. Bradley Chubb. Um, and then, you know, I think Austin Corbett in round two, pick one, I think that there were, you know, some still better linemen available. You know, he still had some guards available. Um, and then you go Nick Chubb. And I can't oh, – I, I thought this was one of the biggest reaches of the draft. I thought that Nick Chubb was going to be, a you know, end of day two, early day three running back. Um, I – don't think that he was worth a second round pick at all. I think he is, you know, has only regressed as his uh, college career has gone on. Injuries bother me. Um, you know, he doesn't provide anything in the passing game. And also, if you're wasting a second round pick on him, you have running backs on your roster. I don't see the need for a Nick Chubb when you bring in uh, Carlos Hyde from San Francisco. You still have one of your running backs from last year. Um, Duke <clears throat> yeah, Duke Johnson. I really don't think that this was a good draft for the Browns at all. And I guess... I shouldn't be surprised, but it's because it's Cleveland. But I thought this first year with new management that it would have gone better than it did. Yeah, I mean, the funny thing is, the Browns, I mean, they had so many picks, but everything that will be based off of this draft is going to come off of Baker Mayfield now. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, if Baker Mayfield works out and everybody else fails, then great. Then great. Baker Mayfield, uh, Baker Mayfield, they found the franchise quarterback they've been looking for for forever. Which I still I have my doubts, obviously, but I mean I see the potential in him. Yeah. But yeah, the the other picks there was so much talent at that number four pick, and yeah, once again Ward he could be a very good player and maybe he ends up being a stud and we're wrong. But Quinn Nelson Chubb I really thought they were going Chubb right there I really did and I thought that would have been a great pick to go with Garrett. I just I didn't understand it and the Browns had just so much potential like we've talked about for weeks to make such good picks and then. They really screwed up. I really think they screwed it up. I wanted Saquon Barkley and Chubb to go for them so bad because I do think Tyrod's a decent quarterback, and I think he should yeah. be given. I think he should have been given a shot at least because I think this is the best quarterback they've had. I mean, it's not saying too much, but I think this is the best quarterback they've had in over a decade, probably at yeah. the helm right now. I, mean, I honestly, I honestly think that Tyrod will start day one. I don't think should. Baker Mayfield. I don't think he'll be the day one starter. Um, it's just a, you know they definitely should have given him a better chance. A bigger chance if they knew they were going to take Baker. They could, they could have taken him later. Yeah, Tyrod Taylor is a starting caliber quarterback. He really is. 
Yeah, he really is. And if they loved him so much, you're right. They should have gone Saquon Barkley probably at number one and waited to see if, it, uh, if uh, Mayfield was there at number four. If he wasn't there, then go get Denzel Ward if that's really who you want. But I, mm-hmm. I just, I, I have to say, I just was shocked that they actually did take Baker Mayfield at that pick, even though I shouldn't have been. Yeah. And then it's just, I just think it's another boneheaded move from the Browns. And if it happens again, I don't know if this fan base can really take it anymore. Honestly. I mean, it's just it's just going to be a riot. <laughs> yeah, because then you you've brought in new management again, and they failed yet again, and and they failed in probably their their best chance to succeed. Like this year with with four picks in the you know in the top what 34, 36 picks of the draft, and you have four picks there, and you yeah. walk away, and I think that you got the third best quarterback, the tenth best running back, and you missed on you know the best pass rusher, and you know some of the better offensive linemen. That that's a terrible way to start off your ten year with the Browns, and you know, hopefully they can rebound from this draft, and hopefully we're wrong because I would like to see Cleveland finally be good, finally be better than what they are. But I just I look at this draft class, and I don't think that they did that. I mean, if you think about it, it's kind of all right. You look at the first and the fourth pick. The odds that the second and third pick make the Pro Bowl, or, or well, sorry, the third pick maybe I'm stretching a little, but the second pick is definitely going to be a Pro Bowler for the next five six years, I think. And then you oh, look yeah. at the five six seven pretty much, and I think those are all Pro Bowl talents within maybe their first year in the NFL. And then exactly. if, I, if you're going to say the first and fourth, I don't know if they'll ever make a Pro Bowl. I mean, Ward Honestly. definitely has a shot, but like I, I couldn't I couldn't guarantee it, but I could guarantee it with Quentin Nelson and uh, Chubb and uh, uh, Saquon Barkley. I could guarantee it. Exactly. They the Browns took risky picks when there were clear no brainers available. And what I say all the time before, the Browns just need to be safe. They need to be safe, safe picks, and they yeah. decided not to do that. So yeah, it's we'll ridiculous. S- they're rolling the dice once again. So we'll see what yeah. happens there. All right, on to the next one. Who will be the rookie of the year? Who will be Jay or Blake? <laughs> it's just it's gotta be Saquon Barkley. Oh, it, it, in my eyes, it's a it's a boring pick, but it's it's the it's the honest pick. I think he could go for a combined. Man, if you think about what he provides in the passing game, and you think about how you know this team could be electric on offense with Pat Shermer as his offensive coordinator. I don't see any reason he couldn't combine for 1,700 yards. I think he's a 1,000-yard rusher his rookie season, and I think, you know, he gets, oh, I'd say 50 to 60 re- receptions on the year. So, you know, I think Saquon Barkley, um, even though the, the offensive line is a little shaky, they have improved it. They got bigger. They brought in free agents to help it out. Um, they did draft well with their, their guards. I think that this offense could be one of the better offenses in football, and if that's the case, Saquon Barkley could combine for 1,700 yards from scrimmage. And I think he's got to be the rookie of the year, in my opinion. All right, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm going Saquon Barkley as well, but like, <laughs> yeah. at least I don't like to have to do the standard pick. I mean, yeah, he's in the best situation right now, that offense. I mean, if the offensive line gives him any sort of blocking, he's going to be a 1,000-yard rusher, probably above a 1,300. I'd say 12 1,300 is more than reasonable. I mean... He's one of the most talented running backs to come out of this draft class, and we keep saying that like every year. It seems like oh Zeke's the most talented running back to come out in years, and then Leonard Fournette's the most talented. Now Saquon Barkley's the most talented, mm-hmm. and I mean it's, they've all had success. So I mean keep pumping them out. Saquon Barkley, it's almost a guarantee if he stays healthy, he's going to get twelve hundred yards and uh, eight to twelve t- rushing touchdowns or combined touchdowns with the passing game as well. I mean I, I guess I mean if I'm going to go with defensive rookie of the year too, 
I mean, I, I think Laquan Smith of the Bears is going to be very good. I think he, he was a oh, later yeah. pick. I think he's a good stud, and I think on that great young defense that they're building in uh, Chicago, I, I like the Bears. I think we've talked about this before. I, they've got a great core of youth, and Laquan Smith, I think, fits right into that uh, defense. Yeah, I definitely see that happening. And, you know, just some other guys off the top of my head, I haven't even been, you know, necessarily thinking of other guys because I'm so sure it's going to be Saquon. Um, I mean, if you if you look in Denver right now and you tell me Bradley Chubb is going to get, you know, he's going to get some clean shots at quarterbacks. He could rack up a lot of sacks in his first season and could easily, you know, be defensive rookie of the year. Um, you know, I wouldn't be surprised. I, I love the Jair Alexander pick um, for Green Bay. Um, if he has a stud year in the Green Bay secondary that has struggled immensely for years, then I think, you know, the impact that he brings to that unit um, could be, you know, great for them. Um, and then, you know, some of the quarterbacks that maybe are, are you know, day one starters, I think, have a chance. Um, if, you know, I, the guys that I think start day one, I think Josh Allen does in Buffalo. I think Josh Rosen does in Arizona. I think one of those two guys um, could, you know, if they start from day one, like I expect them to. Um, I just, you know, I don't trust Sam Bradford to, to, you know, be accounted for, for a full season. And honestly, if I have a guy that I think is, could be my franchise quarterback, I'm not wasting time with Sam Bradford. I know you seem to be a little uncertain about him starting day one. I'm more uncertain about Allen starting day one, I'll be honest. With AJ McCarron, really? I really am. I really am. You I'm, think AJ McCarron will? We both talked about this. Allen, I mean, he, yes, he has all the talent and he has the potential to be great. I think he needs a city year. I, I think he does. Mm. I think he needs. I think he needs some time Ooh. to work on that accuracy. I really do. And I think. I, I think McCarron is a little underrated. I really do. Yeah, I I just think that you know you, you look at the guy who sat behind a quarterback last year, Pat Mahomes. <laughs> I wasn't even planning on saying his name this episode, and of course I find there ways to is. talk about him. Jimmy Garoppolo. But, okay, cool. You know he he sat for a season. But it was behind a good quarterback, a, a proven starter in this league. I think there is, you know, there was enough for Pat to learn from being behind Alex Smith. I don't think that there is anything that Josh Allen is going to learn from being behind AJ McCarron. I think that Josh Allen is more athletic. He can do more um, in, you know, in NFL offense. Um, I I think the completion percentage is just faulted to him not playing around great receivers and him throwing the ball way too damn hard. I mean, he threw at the combine, one of the fastest football since I think 2008. And so I think, you know, when you're playing with low level receivers, like he did in Wyoming, it's hard to catch, you know, a, a what is essentially, you know, a, a hundred mile fastball, um, from a NFL quarterback. So, you know, I think that the accuracy is a little misguided. I also think that, you know, you look at Sam Darnold in, you know, a PAC 12 offense, you get eight to 10 screen passes a game and Josh Allen in Wyoming played one of the more downfield offenses in football. So, you know, he, his completion percentage is going to be, you know, a little underwhelming, but that's because he didn't get, you know, eight to 10, no brain, no brainer completions. Like some of these order other quarterbacks did. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. Uh, did you say 2008 or 2007? I think you mean 2007. I think it was 2007. 2007. Is it? Yeah. I mean, he, he throws a hell of a football. I I understand that, but you know, through that, that football in 2007, right? Oh, was it uh, Jamarcus Russell? Oh, it was Jamarcus Russell. Oh, damn. Yeah, that's upsetting. Yeah, that's not that's not a great thing to be saying, especially when some people are comparing Josh <laughs> down to Jamarcus Russell. Oh, God, I don't like that. So, yeah, I know. I that's that's that. a little bit of an omen. 
But, I mean, we'll see. I mean, yeah, any of these guys can really take him a rookie of the year. One other guy I just want to say in there, I think he's going to hang around within the top three, top five of this rookie of the year discussion. DJ Moore went exactly where I thought he should oh. go. <laughs> DJ Moore went to Carolina, and he's going to be playing with Cam Newton. Mm. And he's, I think he's going to become the number one within two weeks. Of the, Man. He's going to become Cam's favorite target. Him and Christian McCaffrey are going to eat up targets over there. Greg Olson's getting a little older. He'll still be a part of it, and they still have uh, – Functionist over there, but DJ Moore, he's going to be the most talented receiver. I think he is a great receiver already, and I think that his skill set fits perfectly in that Carolina offense. And I think he'll hang around. I think he could be a thousand yard receiver in his rookie year. Man, that's crazy. Yeah, you're right. That he has a great chance, especially because you know the other the receiving core there is um, a little underwhelming. Weak. But then he looked weak. <laughs> yeah, and but um, I guess yeah, I, you know you look at um, Calvin Ridley who went to Atlanta. Um, I guess he has to fight for targets, you know, amongst a great receiving core. Um, so yeah, you know he Moore will get a plenty of shots to you know get the deep ball from Cam Newton. Um, definitely have to consider him by the end of the season. Yep, I'll definitely be looking at it. On to our final subject: Which QB will have the biggest impact next season? And we just kind of talked a little bit about it, but are you going to go with Josh Allen here? No, no. Wait, are you looking for? Are you looking best rookie quarterback that'll have yeah, the know, biggest let's, impact? Yeah, let's just make it best rookie quarterback. Who will be the best rookie quarterback next year? And we don't even have to say day one starter. I mean, he can take over eventually. Damn. Um, I can, I'll, I'll go and start with this one. I think it's gonna be Josh Rosen. I do. Yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna go with Josh Rosen. I think that I, he, I agree. I you think I'm a little hesitant, but I think he could beat out Sam Bradford as a starting job, especially if he looks better. There's no reason not to start him. He looked like he was the most NFL fluent coming into it. He has good football smarts. He has a fluid flip throwing motion. He's a natural thrower. I think that he's gonna be, he could be a good fit in the Car- the Cardinals offense that has lacked creativity over the past couple years. Uh, him and Larry Fitzgerald could have a lot of fun. I mean, that's a great wide receiver to go out there and have as your, in your first year and help you better as a quarterback because he's so smart and he's such a great receiver to have. I think that uh, Josh Rosen could definitely be a day one starter and make an impact for the Cardinals right away. Yeah, I, I'm going to have to agree with you. Um, and, you know, for all the reasons you said, you know, some of these quarterbacks, they're heading into, you know, um, you know, a roster that is, you know, either a little shaky, um, you know, new coaching staffs. And, you know, there is a new coaching staff in Arizona and, you know, the roster, you know, uh, defensively is also a little underwhelming. But, you know, with the Cardinals, you've got, you know, one of the trusty, mo- most trusty receivers as your number one in Larry Fitzgerald. I know he's getting up there in age. You also mentioned that. You get one of the best running backs in football if he comes back 100%. That really helps and makes your rookie year a lot easier. Um, Man, the only other thing that I could think is, like, I could just be wrong about Baker Mayfield. You know, if he he ends up starting over Tyrod early on in the the season, I mean, he's got some weapons around him. He's got, you know, he's got a decent offensive line. He's got, you know, two very, um, very nice running backs. Jarvis Landry, Josh Gordon, David Njoku. Um, I, you know, I, I think that you know Tyrod is going to do amazing things with this offense. But if, if at some point Tyrod gets hurt, or maybe he's underwhelming, or maybe the Browns are just you know patronizing the, the organization. Yeah, if they, if they are just begging for Baker to start, you know he has a lot of talent around him, and um, you know if the if the fit is right, it could be very beneficial for Baker. Um, he and he could have you know. The biggest impact is, you know, wh- what does the team look like at the end of the season compared to what before before they were there? And, you know, the Browns and the Browns were winless, 
without Baker. And if they can, you know, get a, you know, got six, seven wins, you know, that that's, it's, it's a talented roster. And I don't think that's that far fetched. Um, so if they could, you know, win a significant more amount of games than they did last season, you know, Baker could end up having the biggest impact on this team. Yeah, I think, out of this class, I, I definitely think the Browns. I mean, with the roster, they have to get to at least six wins this year. They really do. I mean, uh, yeah. I, I, Jackson cannot stay if they don't get the six wins this year, in my opinion. He can't, yeah, he can't be there I, anymore. I think he's going to be gone anyways. I think oh. that it's it's kind of like what you got when Chris Ballard came in as GM for the Colts. Um, <clears throat> GMs want their guy uh, at, at the helm. And, you know, when you go into an organization that has, you know, a piss poor roster and hasn't had success in the, in a, in a few years, you know, maybe you give them one season, you don't fire your head coach right away. So I think this is kind of like Chuck Pagano's year for Hugh Jackson. Um, Chuck Pagano got to play out this season with the Colts. Obviously it was a terrible season for them. And then Chris Ballard found his guy. Yeah, at least, at least uh, Chuck Pagano had success at one point. Hugh Jackson has got one win to his name. Yeah, that's very true. So, you know, Hugh... You know, in my opinion, most likely that that's not um, the Browns' guy going forward, and I think they'll look to find him next season. Yep, I definitely think you're right with that. Uh, you have anything <coughs> else to add, Blake? No. Um. You know, just as always, follow this, the work that we're doing. You know, check what we're putting out. Um. Yeah, I'm excited for this. You know, it's kind of the dead time of the NFL season. You've got rookie mini camps. You know, OTAs. All this stuff is starting up slowly. But um, I think, you know, it's still some good time to get some good content out. You know, we'll, we'll still keep this show going um, and, you know, build towards what should be a great NFL season next year. Um, I'm really excited about that. Oh, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Especially with the Orioles playing as bad as they can. I can't really watch baseball right now. So uh, football season that... can't come soon enough so I can watch the Redskins suck as well. All right. <laughs> that's enough uh, this week. Uh, we'll see you next week, guys. Yep. Take care.